Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome one and all, weaves and casual alike. We are Baka and Company, and we are here to provide you a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about series new and old and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way by either giving us a tweet at Bakako Podcast on Twitter or sending us an email at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, which is just Bakako Podcast or Baka and Company. You can find them both ways. Uh, and here we introduce the company of Bakas. I am DrewTendo64 or Drew, followed by element hey what's up guys and after me is silver lobo sensei as always and we have a special guest today oh hi i'm callie but but you can just call me callie uh thanks for having me on uh one of my favorite animes i've watched in the last couple of years was made in abyss and we've also got special guest ghost frankfurter this week we have a very special episode uh, featuring the show Land of the Lustrious. It was produced by Kodansha. It also ran as a manga that went a lot longer than the show did, fortunately for the manga, unfortunately for the show. Uh, Kodansha, you can um, kind of pick them out of the anime producers as the company that does Shingeki no Kyojin or Attack on Titan. They've also done Noragami. Uh, they have, uh, what is that, Seven Deadly Sins under their belt. They have Fairy Tale, uh, Bakamon Tagari Gatari. I can never say that name. Yep. Um, and they have a lot of, ooh, I forgot they did Fire Force, and that's my new favorite this season. So before we talk well, about Fire Force, we should uh, probably talk about the other shows. Yeah, so, I mean, to be clear, Kadunch is the producing 
uh, company. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, the correct. correct. Yeah, not the animation studio. Yeah, they're one of the biggest producers for sure, though. Um, they've got like such a huge list of really popular titles under their name. But the studio that did this was Studio Orange. Um, you might know them from uh, a little show called Beastars, which was a big deal, uh, I guess, last year. Yeah, last well, I would say what was that? Uh, this yeah, this I would say spring? like this spring because it came it came out it came out yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that made a lot of waves in the anime community, as far as I can tell. I didn't watch oh, it. Oh yeah, do one two. Um, they also made... oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's I recommend. Good. Yeah, they they made two other shows I've watched to mention W and Black Bullet, which I don't think anyone has watched. But I've watched w. Black Bullet. To mention oh. W was pretty dope. Except for the ending, but we'll have that another time. <laughs> um, but what we're talking about today, of course, is Land of the Lustrous or Hoseki no Kuni. Um, like you said, it's based on a manga, which is a very long-running manga. It's still going today. Um, written and illustrated by uh, Haruko Ichikawa, um, who, if you've ever seen... I would highly recommend you look up a panel from this manga, um, if you just like search... Uh, Hoseki no Kuni manga. You'll probably get like a bunch of results on Google Images. Uh, this this woman has an insane talent for like paneling and framing and uh, just drawing like beautiful art. The manga is very um, much lighter on dialogue than the show was. Um, obviously because it's a show, it has to have much more dialogue. But you can tell when they do those beautiful shots in the show of like backgrounds and single characters in the tiny corner of the frame or like beautiful sunsets or the imagery with the linearians coming from the sunspots all that stuff is uh like direct one-to-one from the manga it's just in, it's insane how good the manga looks uh, on paper um I... sorry no i was gonna say i really appreciate it when they value the source material because mm-hmm. Every so often, you run into a show like uh, last year for me, it was Demon Slayer. And I think I talked about this last episode where the original panel for one of the fights was like three small panels in the manga. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it turns into like a full page on the next page. Whereas when it got to be animated, they asked the author, they're like, so how did you see this battle playing out? And they made he made it a full episode. So it's cool when they they pay attention to that and now that you've talked about how land of the illustrious the manga is i i'm probably gonna read it yeah i think it's one of those that if you if you like the show um it's such an easy recommend to read because uh i mean when the show came out the manga was ahead of the show obviously um and it wasn't that far ahead but it's been what two three Mm -hmm. years since the show and I'm still crying about it today that we haven't gotten a second season. But there's a lot more source material to work from. Um, and the manga's still ongoing, like I said. And it's gone crazy in the manga. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but there's like so much to talk about with this show. Um, I forgot how much I loved it. I, I always had fond memories of this show. Because I watched it as it aired. But having to go... Because I never go back and watch stuff. Like, once I watched it, I'm done with it, pretty much. So having to go back and watch this was surprisingly easy because I was just as engaged with it the second time as I was the first. And how did you guys feel? I like I started watching it when it was originally being released and I was only watching it I think up to episode 5 because I was like, "Oh, okay, she's she's talking to this weird like slug character. It is what it is." And I think I just like forgot that it was in my background. But when we talked about it last week and I picked it back up, 
I was just like, oh, man, that's that's right. I was watching this show, and I got right back into it so fast. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have ever fucking watched this as of his airing because I just get so anti. I'm like, but I want the episode now. I need this now. Yeah. I. It would be just like watching, I guess, like Breaking Bad. Like if I didn't, I binged all of that years later. I don't think I could have handled just sitting there waiting for the next episode week after week or months or year after year because of how fucking that show went on. With this one, like, I was just, I had to just binge it. I think I got, like, up to episode seven, and I stopped. I'm like, okay, this is a good stopping point. I spent all day watching the show. <laughs> and then I think I stuff came up for me, and I had, to, I had to take a break from watching the show. And I think I came back, like, three days later and finished it. I'm like, there's still oh, another week before we record our thoughts on this. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the dub version. Oh god! And it's great. I true like I I think I said to you guys it's like the first week. This is by far in my top five favorite anime. Oh wow! Instantly. It's so good. Yeah, I love the character design, the fluid mm-hmm. movement of them. They're CG, and you totally forget that. Yeah, like as soon as they through, it's gorgeous. The the colors, the way that they reflect the light, everything about every character, how different they are, how they represent whatever gemstone they are in some way. It's just perfection. I love this show. So I want to insert a fun fact. Um, I got very distracted by the animation in long hair, Fossa's mm-hmm. hair. And because of how it reflected on her shoulders or on the ground or at night, and it was just mm-hmm. so beautiful. I was like, okay, I got to look up to see what phospholite actually is and because of how low it is on that hardness scale it is super rare and not a lot of artisans right now like use it because obviously you're gonna you're gonna break it before you get anything worthy out of it but one of the first results takes you to etsy and it's like 300 dollars for a chunk maybe the size of a silver dollar oh my god huh and I just, I immediately went, nope, nope, not going down that rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like, this show made me do stuff outside of it. And anytime a show makes me do more than just consume it, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'll also have to agree, because every time a new, I mean, even if I knew what gemstone it was, uh, like for, oh god, I don't remember what her name was, but she she's the, the creepy one with the black hair i think it starts with a b and i was like there yeah bore and i was just like there's no way that that's what your name is and i looked up and i was like nope that's just that's just port and so every single time a person came up i was just like all right cool just gonna go look up your gem and just look at it and like oh yep nope that's accurate they do those little interstitials uh like halfway through they the episode do. and then yep. just like a I random I love gym. it. I love it so much and they also yeah. uh I don't remember if it was from the actual uh Mangaka's uh source material or if she drew it uh like those uh like inspirational pieces that you see every once in a while are the they end cards? cards? Yeah. Um yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. So there's one yeah, at the end of every. Yeah, I couldn't remember if they're end cards or like middle um, cards, but I was just like, oh, that's actually really neat. I love when shows do that. 
Yeah, so I, I looked it up. Um, the end cards were all drawn by an artist called Yoichi Nishikawa, or maybe it's Nishikawa Yoichi. Mm-hmm. I think it might be no- Yoichi Nichika- Nishikawa. Um, but she or he did all of the concept art for the show, um, and those end cards that you see at the end of the show are just like one mm-hmm. particular concept art, like fully coloured and completed and polished. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. stunningly beautiful. Um, and like... Every single one of those end cards is somewhere in the episode because, it, like I said, it's the concept art for the actual episode. And God, like the the, art, the this show is this like I didn't realize how much I love the show. Like I said, and I do think it's like you know top three probably off the top of my head anime for me. I just didn't remember because I haven't watched it in so long. Um, just how good it was. Um, but this is this is why I watch anime. Like this story, like. This, like, random as hell, like, you know, mm-hmm. gems coming to life, and they can be broken apart, but they can be put back together, and then spirits coming from the moon to kill them, and, like, the sea creatures are made of flesh or whatever, and, like, Sensei being older than all the gems. All this, like, random as hell story, like, that's really interesting and engaging and, like, beautiful, and there's, like, all these excellent character moments. Like, where can you get that in, like, a Netflix show? Nowhere. Like, it's mm-hmm. only anime, right? Or, I guess, <laughs> manga. But it's like, this is why I watch. And then, like, on top of that, the music is incredible. Like, so many excellent uh, theme tunes. Like, that creepy music when the Lunarians show up. Or, like, the like all the beautiful strings mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. When there's, like, all these sad moments. Uh, the cinematography. The direction. And then, if you notice this show, if you watch, like, a lot of 2D anime, which I'm sure all of us do... You notice that the camera only ever moves in 2D planes because to move it in a 3D plane would mean they need to animate the character's entire like 3D model in 2D, which is quite difficult. But companies mm-hmm. like UFOTable do this really well. Like Demon Slayer did a lot of this, like where the camera's like swinging around in real time and the 2D character is still represented correctly. It was really beautiful to look at, but very difficult to do and very difficult to do well, which is why they're really the experts on it. But this is like... This is what you can do when 3D CG anime is done well. Is like all this camera work where the camera's like swinging around in space and following characters as they like go through trees and like through the, through the school and all that sort of stuff. It's insane. It's so much fun to watch. Well, anytime they're running, like it, you can feel the impact. Like not only is the sound design mm-hmm. right there with it, mm-hmm. but when when Foss runs after. Um, she becomes more of a warrior, right? And she gets upgraded. She gets the new legs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you mean? yeah. After the new legs, and she gets oh. the and the gold mm-hmm. arms. Gotcha. So she kind of you like the sound design of her clunking but running. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like she has a weight. It feels like she mentions that she's like, I can't run as fast as I used to, and you can hear and feel that. Like you can, and you see like these little clumps of dust. Whereas. If someone like Bort runs by, it's a very fine, like very quick dust, whereas Foss is running and it's chunkier. So they they pay attention to what they're conveying. And to to go back to what you say when the Lunarians appear, like that music, every time you hear that music, you're like, oh, something's mm-hmm. going down. <laughs> yeah. Lunarians uh, still creep me out. I just, every time I saw like the little black spot. Yeah, down, no. Like, no, and then the music kicks in. I'm like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. And it just looks so, it's so eerie, and in a in fact in a fantastic way. Like this is hundred percent what they wanted to invade when when they showed up. Just like 
you want to be creeped out and you don't want to like these characters. You want them gone instantly. So when it cuts to like them picking up a gem character, you're just like, (laughs) I don't like this anymore. And then someone comes in and saves a day or whatever happens. But like, it was always off putting to see that. And it was done very well because like, I never once other than when they explain like the whole, the mythos of what's going on here, the mythology of it. Mm-hmm. I never once had any interest mm-hmm. in knowing who the hell these people were until the very end. And then I'm like, you know what? You're asking the right questions. <laughs> no season two. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else was upset about there like being like no season two and no announcement of a season two, right? Yep. 100%. <laughs> cool. yeah. It upset me so much. Which so, uh, really upsetting because I, I mean, I was... Because what I did was, because uh, I remember the, the discussion threads for this show when it was airing being like mm-hmm. fire, like a bunch of people who had read the original source material were coming in with like like panels from the manga and like explaining little things that maybe didn't make the show to like sort of expand on stuff. It was really good discussion stuff. And they said like the constant thread was that this show was doing extremely well in Japan, like plenty of people were buying the mm-hmm. Blu-rays and stuff. And we just never got a season two. And God. Well, to show. take us... <laughs> It it was fantastic. Like I even uh, went down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and I saw the uh, the DVD boxes that they got in Japan in the mm-hmm. collected collection, mm-hmm. and it looks phenomenal. Like why would you not want to purchase that and be involved <laughs> in that? And then the the North American one is pretty nice, but it's not like again Japanese exclusive cool. <laughs> but to take yeah. us out of the pit of despair that is no season two, and we'll start with Element because you chose the show. Uh-huh. Who's your favorite character? Um, my favorite character, God, I don't know. I think Foss is probably an easy answer because, uh, he's the most interesting. Oh, that's one thing I want to talk about. Did, in your subtitles, did they refer to them as he or they? They. Okay. So the correct translation is he, because in the manga and, and I don't know if you picked this up, but in the show they call each other Nichan, like big brother. Okay. Yep. But then, even though they call each other with male pronouns and they refer to each other as brothers, they're all voiced by women and they're specifically never gendered. Like, they use the male pronoun, but that's not necessarily... It's not a hard and fast rule that if you use the male pronoun, yeah. you're male. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even though they call each other brother, it's just because there's no, there's no like, older sibling, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, that would be Did weird. Did they not refer to Diamond with the uh, female pronouns at no. one point? No. They always refer I... to each other with he and Big Brother, but okay. specifically they're never gendered. But so... in the dubs, they use yeah. they, like because yes, that's what I and... watch. I watch the dubs in the original subtitles mm-hmm. as well. They use they. It's just that in the manga, uh, they use he and Big Brother. Um, so yeah. I just thought that was interesting. So I don't think they is incorrect because they are gen they're, they're genderless. It's just that it's interesting, like mm-hmm. translation wise, and well, yeah, what they're use... actually saying. You see a bunch of them topless eventually, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, there was um, that one that was gonna get like a physical or whatever from uh, Rutile, and then one of them walks in and she just or he <laughs> they cover themselves up, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's yeah, okay, yeah, so, yeah, it's weird, but you know, <laughs> it's cute. What about you, Lobo? Who's your favorite? Foss is like the easy answer, just because mm-hmm. there's so much personality there. But for me, it. It was between Diamond and Rutile, and I think at the end it's Rutile, the fa- the mad genius. The yeah, that quack. tracks. Yeah, just great character. So so much personality, so much sass, and 
truly the one that I think cares the most about uh, everyone else because they learned how to take care of everyone and put everyone back together all in an attempt to bring back their mm-hmm. partner yeah. who you find later on that every now and then gathers more stones yeah. or yeah just enough she's like or they just, just enough yeah stabilize them mm-hmm. and it doesn't sometimes it's just heartbreaking in a way well it's like finding it's like finding the last pair of triple a batteries and they have just enough juice in them <laughs> to turn on the tv and that's it because <laughs> that's God. how i viewed it like paparacha is yeah. that who it was yeah that's yeah one, yep. yeah, yeah paparacha was coming back and i was like oh cool that's such a cute name and what a great character design this is beautiful i can't wait to meet this person thud <laughs> right he's yeah. like Gee, I will say, thanks like, for giving me another antarctosite i will say honorable mention is antarctosite because that first moment when you meet them just like can we continue our ritual of course. And then there's immediately a hug and you see Foss in the background like, oh, this is what you guys do when we're all sleeping. Okay. <laughs> well, I loved it. It was just so... Which one of you degenerates is into hand-holding? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to come out of the last few years. But um, how about you, Callie? Who who did you like? Speaking of Antarctosite, that was my favorite. I love her so much. It's, nice. I just... I I always like the like the lone wolf kind of character and the fact that she has to be away from her siblings for I mean for me it's like a skewed number of months since I live in Minnesota so you know my winters are long um so that makes it kind of even worse <laughs> that like it would be like 9 months out of the year that you'd be by yourself in Sensei which I don't think they would be too mad about but the fact that they have so much responsibility and can protect their siblings while they're all asleep so effortlessly i was just like yep no you're my favorite you're great yeah to know that that gem has been protecting them for mm-hmm. hundreds of years most likely we, i don't no. think we got like a time frame for that character in particular so like by themselves this entire time i assume at some point they had a partner but it just yeah. didn't last because of like as we saw with Foss. A lot of reasons. Just so yeah. tired all I... the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, I really enjoyed Antarcticite for, for two reasons. Like, they're my second favorite, because I'll get to my, my favorite in a second, but Antarcticite, to me, was really cool based on design, based on mm-hmm. attitude, and based on, on, on the hug, because it, it, it humanized them, mm-hmm. for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, um, and just made me, like, think okay these these characters have more to them than we know they all have backstories they've all been like here longer than we've known them so that's really cool but i also appreciated another small detail because she tells foss the colder it is the stronger i am and the when you start seeing her uh crack and kind of lose it it's because the sun's out mm-hmm. yep and yep. Mm-hmm. and this the just that slight variation yep. in temperature just kind of does it in for her. And and like I was watching that whole thing and the sun came out and I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't going to be good. But uh, yeah, my favorite. Sort of... <laughs> Sorry, go finish element. Oh, I was just going to say they sort of foreshadow uh, the reason why Antarctosite is the only one that stays awake during winter. It's because uh, them and Sensei can take care of the Linarians because they only come out during the sun. And during winter, there's very little sun, like mm-hmm. only a couple of days. So that one yeah, time they say on like the three, beach, right? Yeah, like yeah. very, very, very little. Um, so that one time they're on the beach and the sun comes out, you're like, oh mm-hmm. no. 
Yeah, and Sensei was like extra tired mm-hmm. or something. He couldn't mm-hmm. come save them yeah. or whatever yeah. it was because he's having fever dreams. Mm-hmm. But um, I I also kind of go down the road of liking the mad scientist, but I, I liked uh, Alexandrite the most, Lexi. Mm. Mm. That's a good just character. Be- I like the character. Just because they get mad when uh, Foss refers to them as Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they turn around and they're like, no, it's it's Alexandrite. And she's like, okay, Lexi. <laughs> and they're just like not amused. And then also her battle mode was really cool. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I thought that really was funny. that oh, was kind of yeah. cool to have like a hidden like backstory. Again, more information about characters we don't fully know. Mm-hmm. And how she's not allowed, or sorry, they're not allowed to look at the Lunarians. They're only allowed to study and hear stories and stayed up all night creating these drafts and like puts on the sensei robes to quiz <laughs> Foss and like just just the amount that character had behind them versus like my my original inclination was to be like oh Cinnabar's the coolest I want I want Cinnabar to be my friend but no Cinnabar's the stereotypical Sasuke of the show and they're cool for a little bit but until you get someone like someone i usually like is someone who has like a really in-depth character with multiple levels and and that's why alexandre was my favorite there's a lot of them where like we got like a glimpse of who they were like an interaction here and there and that was enough to be like these they're not like filler they're mm-hmm. not those background characters yep. if we could get like one one scene that wasn't like five seconds with them they would shine in that scene if it was just them and Foss, them and Rutile, someone we've already met who we know. So, like, when Obsidian showed up, it's like, give Foss a sword, the lightest you got. And Obsidian showed up and was just the most adorable little girl looking character. I'm like, oh, this is a cute thing. She's making swords. Hands over the little, <laughs> like, a butter knife of a freaking sword. Foss just falls to the ground, like, holy shit. And they're carrying these things, and you see uh, later on, Antarcticite's one is like this like, buzzsaw thing. It's like, holy crap. Fun fact, Antarcticite's blade is designed after what ice cutters used to use before refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. So yeah, Damn. yeah, it's. It, I thought that was a nice little touch, uh, but I, I also thought that was really cool. Like, all the characters have their own like reason they're helping out or or their own duties like i can't remember the designer who designs Mm -hmm. all the clothes yeah red barrel i think yeah red barrel and how they got hyped up because the bow tie is smaller yeah and everyone's like oh uh thanks (laughs) what else did you do (laughs) and they get really excited they're like oh i made it out of a tougher material it's like you should (laughs) have led with that not that the bow tie is smaller well, Finding like, out that Sensei's robes got just tattered, just like excellent. I can give you new ones because you've been pestering me away from getting you new clothing. Apparently, and it's just like that's weird. Why would he? And then you find out why. Like, oh, she are just a nuisance. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. Every single one of the characters in the show got their chance to shine and like get little, uh, little story threads about them that sort of tell you that they're like a character outside mm-hmm. of Foss, you know? They've got mm-hmm. their own relationships and experiences that have happened to them, um, which, yeah, I thought was great. Great writing and great, like, 
world building. Yeah, I especially guess. for an anime that was only 12, 13 episodes that they were able to flesh out 12, 12 that they were able to flesh out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know how many gems were in there. I think. Like, yeah. Even with their like moments, like little tiny yeah. moments, you've got a good like, idea oh, of who they are. Like pick like, like, um, like stereotypical, like anime characters, like, oh, okay, that's the Moe one. That's the Yandere one. But it's just like, just that glimpse, mm-hmm. that glimpse of a moment that usually like typically longer animes is like, all right, I'm just going to have to wait for like their random filler episode. That's not even going to do anything. Mm-hmm. And just like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for giving me something to actually care about. Like when Preach. Diamond's running around, like trying to figure out how to save uh, uh, Foss yep. or whatever with yeah, the little the slug. thing. Yep. And, then, uh, and then everyone's just sitting there. They, she mm-hmm. goes to everyone and you get to see all the characters like, holy crap, this one looks cool. This <laughs> one's got an awesome uh, hairdo. And then also she looks like, I don't know who any of you are though, but I got a good... In, I got a good uh, instance of what this character could be just based on their style and the way they mm-hmm. talked to Diamond. Like, we got a glimpse of uh, Gold Diamond in that instance, if I recall. And then later on, we got more of a dialogue. And you find out, like, Gold Diamond is the oldest and doesn't understand why everyone treats them, like, mm-hmm. on a pedestal. And later on, is just, like, trying to get people to stop doing that or at least uh, their partner. Yeah, uh, I, think I think it's so. Zircon, right? Yep. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because Zircon. Just getting them to like realize that there's they're just as important as Gold Diamond. Like, and... respect your elder, but like, don't, it's not that, imp- you don't have to baby them, basically. Yeah, and, and they've got like a, a complex about it because they've lost a bunch of partners over the almost 3,000 mm-hmm. years they've been alive. Yeah, it was like Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I wish I could have seen yeah. Ruby and Sapphire too. Yep. And and the one that they shot at them in the very beginning, like, damn. Yeah. I think so there was twenty four gem people. Yeah, I think it was twenty eight that came out of the ocean. Like, I think that was the 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 law was that twenty eight gems came out I of the so. beach, or something. But there's more than that, right? Oh. Yeah, because there's the there's show. one that have been lost, like there's ones that are on the moon, ones that are missing in action, and yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I do want to shout out um, the music, which I mentioned earlier. Like, I really thought this had a phenomenal OST, and also the OP and ED were great too. Um, and also, uh, at the end of the Antarcite mm-hmm. episode. Um, the second mm-hmm. winter episode that they did a special ED there, which was half Japanese, half Latin. And I don't know if you had uh, subs for the lyrics, but it was a very uh, beautiful, sad song. Um, basically singing from Foster's point of view about how uh, they miss Antarctica, yeah. basically. Mm. Yeah. I, I was like I was trigger happy to get to the next episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really beautiful because it's like a bunch of just still shots of background no characters with this um a special ed playing and then it ends with a shot of antarctic's uh mm-hmm. bathroom like bathtub that they get out yeah. of uh yep. and it's like the sun coming up on spring and it, the last lyric of the song is winter is now over yeah. i did love a lot of the music especially i don't usually listen to the opening <gasps> song for any of these any animes usually i like listen to it once like oh that's cool and just 
blow past it just because it's what like a minute 30 seconds i can just spend watching the show and move on to something else mm. or move on to the next episode so like this one this show i watched it every time the song was just so catchy it was so beautiful and it just represented the show very well like the voice the vocals of the, the singer it just sounded like it belonged in like mm-hmm. that kaleidoscope show that they showed for an opening yeah really really interesting uh both the song is beautiful and also the the actual visuals as well were really interesting and different, I thought, to like a normal OP. Um, one thing I want to ask is, did I don't know if you guys listen to the OP every episode, but did you ever get the orchestral version of it? I, I don't know. I, no. most of the, I think it was the same for the dubs. It was the same every episode. Okay, maybe it wasn't ever aired in the show, but I remember towards the end of the show's airing, they released an orchestral version of the OP, which was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. It's the same thing, but instead of, like, whatever instruments they use for the original OP, it's all done by an orchestra. And, like, this beautiful string arrangement, it's amazing. Like, and I can't find it. I'm going it. to YouTube after this. Because, yeah, it was on YouTube, and it keeps uh... getting taken down, and I don't know where it oh, is Oh, no. Because, uh, yes. yeah, if you find it, let me know, because mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. um, but I want to shout out the composer for the series. A bunch of people worked on the... Uh, like theme song composition and stuff like that, but the actual composer for the series was Yoshiake mm-hmm. Fujisawa, uh, and he did some shows you might be familiar with. Uh, he did Dimension W, which I said I watched. He did a show called Endro, which is very popular with people. He did Gate, that show where mm-hmm. they like. Oh yeah. Things, like, I, nice. I really love that show. That's a like guilty pleasure of mine. It's um, a great show. That's just real. He's done a bunch of music for Love Live, which is obviously yep. a huge idol show in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um. Did something for No Game No Life Zero, which was a Nova or a movie? Not sure. Uh, oh yeah, No Game No, no Life. That was yep. a movie. Um, not. I don't think it's the original show. It's just like a, a separate spin-off for it. Um, yeah, the movie is like a prequel gotcha. to everything. Yeah. It's, it's very like dark and depressing. Right. And then it, it's it's war, dude. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, so he's done the music for that. He did his music for Sewayaki Kitsune no Senko-san, which I love. That's fucking guilty pleasure. <laughs> um. And he did the music for Soriyori Motoi Basho, which is uh, a place further than the universe, which Ooh. me and Lobo fucking love. Yes. So he did the music for that. That is, yeah. is so good. And a I bunch was like, of other man, shows. This is this is so good. Whoever did this is like a genius. And then I said, oh, you did this one. You <laughs> are a genius. Congratulations. Yeah. So he's he's done a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, this I this the soundtrack for the show is yeah amazing to me. Um, so many really great songs. Um. Yeah. So, what was everyone's favorite episode then? Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, I can go first, I guess. My my yeah. favorite, I guess, it was the arc, but it was the Shiro episode. I was, I remember specifically, I was looking forward to watching that episode again, and the, I guess those two episodes. That's that's my favorite two episodes of the show. Um, it has like everything I love about the show, like all these character moments. Uh, you know, Diamond like finding his strength or his strength mm-hmm. or their strength, uh, and like fighting this thing on their own. Um, you know, using their like in their insane properties as a diamond. Like when they get broken, they cut in a perfect plane, and it's an incredibly uh, mm-hmm. effective mm-hmm. cutting surface. And they use that to their advantage to win the fight. Uh, the cute as hell Shiro dogs yep. running around, <laughs> and everyone like reacting to them. Oh, God. 
and then afterwards sensei like actually knowing who shiro is and there's like that crazy like oh my god mm-hmm. they actually know who that is and then it's turns out it's a dog when it like fades away at the last second all that stuff yeah loved it speaking of I'll say for me, my favorite episode is Spring, because you see the evolution of Foss mm-hmm. and how they went from kind of a mm-hmm. brat to be in the beginning and just not want to do much of anything to really trying to become better and, and be stronger and then having to realizing that they should be a better person to sign up to work the winter shift with Antarcticite and having lost that mentor of Antarcticite truly like embody that type of like stoic being even though it's like for kind of the wrong reasons like they are basically like tormenting themselves with the thought of failure it it still shows like growth in that character and just really like uh showing a huge evolution that the other gems did mm-hmm. not even realize happened to them it's just like Waking up and Foss is like gone, and this mm-hmm. person's here. Yeah, especially when they're looking at Foss's arms and legs and being like, "There's so you're not the same <laughs> thing anymore." And then using the was it gold platinum yep. plating yep. that they had for arms to make these structures and these like allu- uh, 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 mm-hmm. displays, and then them freaking the hell out and running away is just like this is great. This is both. On an emotional level, amazing. And then on the whole, like, lighthearted comedic bit part, it's just the right amount of everything. Yeah. They do that great juxtaposition in the last episode when uh, Foss is returning to report to Sensei. They, like, show, like, episode one, Foss sitting in the in the pond, like, looking at their reflection, saying they're cute. And then mm-hmm. current Foss walking past them, going straight to Sensei and delivering mm-hmm. the report, like a deadpan monotone way. Yeah. It's great. I think for me it would be the the mini winter art because I really like the relationship between Antarcticite and Foss and because that I mean granted even though Antarcticite was just like oh my god you're such a pain why do I have to take care of you for the whole winter <laughs> they they actually grew as like a pair and as a bond and I was just like oh my god you guys should actually be like a team every single winter if <laughs> you were because every other gem just saw her as a nuisance because she couldn't do anything because of her hardness and I just I really like that chemistry I'm a little bit upset that we didn't get to see any like of her training and trying to figure out how to use her new gold alloy abilities. We just saw her as an end product. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, that kind of sucks. But also I'm just like, maybe that's just, it would just be uh, further done in the manga and just it's a 12 episode anime. So I can't really expect much. That's an interesting point. I actually didn't feel that absence at all. And I, it totally makes sense because in any other anime, you probably mm-hmm. would get some sort of, you know, training arc. But I think, I, I never felt like, I, and I've felt this um, in other shows where, like, pacing-wise, like, I feel like, oh, there's a bit missing here. Mm-hmm. Something should have gone here to fill out this story beat. But I never felt that in this show. I just felt like it all flowed so naturally. Um, you're right. We we totally didn't get any sort of, like, you know, progression, mm-hmm. like, of them, of Foss learning how to control their new abilities. But I didn't feel like Maybe. it was missing, per se. But I did really yeah, the way it, the way it flowed between, like, having having lost that like mentor that friend of a character and that's how the show the episode ended and then having obviously that beautiful uh, mm-hmm. yeah. song for the ending yeah and then the next episode starts up and you just see 
she's been alone this entire time. She's lone wolf. She's stoic. She's emotionless. And it's just very much like Antarctosite right there, except a different person and just mm-hmm. looking back at their failure. So like it, it was somewhat missing, but at the same time you could see like even having gone through the rest of winter, there's still a lot that the Foster's still trying to learn how to control the arms because of whole looking back, like I should have grabbed, I should have reached for, for our Antarctic side. I shouldn't have thrown mm-hmm. the sword. I should yeah. have done this. I could have done that. And then you see the cracks forming in the mm-hmm. body in the legs still like, it's still unstable, but she's it, it. Foss is somehow able to maintain it to the point where they others don't really notice that it it's hurting, it's cracking on the inside and not showing on That's the fair. out. That's a good way to put it. I I gotta agree with Callie though. The Antarcticite arc was my favorite as well because you're getting introduced to a new character who has a bit more screen time, a bit more backstory, a bit more in general to, to do with everything. And like the ritualist sensei, the like, Hey, this is what I got to do every day. And Foss just not understanding how like Antarcticite can keep doing this or the screaming of the glaciers and how the glaciers secretly are like mineral deposits their organisms and foss can start to hear them and just like she heard the slug and like you're starting to get more of the lore you're starting to get more of like a possibility of of how foss essentially is going to be the key because by now in in the antarcticite like we as the viewer know there are three races but foss is like fuzzy on the details because she's been broken so many times she's missing pieces she doesn't quite remember everything and you're like oh my gosh she can she can bridge the gap she can talk to the the beings that are in the ocean she can talk to the slug people she can talk to the rocks is she gonna find a lunarian next who knows tune in next week to find out but no there's not enough season liars. two they're liars <laughs> but that's i i really enjoy the Antarctic arc because i'm i'm a sucker for action sequences and i'm a sucker for beautiful animation so like the the fight sequences like in one of the first animes i really heavily like adored was flcl mm, or fully Cooly. um and and just the 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 tricks they used to like bridge gaps or or like get the the fight scenes there to look epic i i felt that in the show because one of the coolest things you can do is the akira skid and these gem people are running around on legs doing it where they like they get hit by something hard and then they get flown back they put out their legs the swords by their side and there's just this big drag of of dirt and dust and you're like oh it's getting serious (laughs) and like you just keep getting revved up and like as i was watching the episode and i saw like antarctic try and get her arm back and this that the other thing um like as it started ramping up i was like don't do this to me Land of the Illustrious, don't... No. Oh, that's... Yep, okay, yep, fine. Yep. yep. Okay. That's, yep. Okay, bye. And, and and I'll agree to you as well, going into Spring Lobo, I think that was a great way to introduce us to New Foss. She does have character... They have character growth. And we see when Foss comes back, like, as, like, kind of a shout-out to uh, Antarcticite, they have the new hair, they have kind of the new face, they have the new attitude, and it's more of, I can't be the lazy 
encyclopedia scavenger kind of explorer that I was. I have to be more. I have to help my family. And I have to do something. And and again, like that goes back to why I think this show is probably like I have to redo my top ten because it's been years <laughs> since I've done it. But it is up there. It's gonna be it's gonna be in the high high like one to five area because mm-hmm. We get development on characters, we get development on plot, and we get development on, like, the potential side characters. Like, how many shows can you list where character of the main, or friend of the main character actually has plot? And and it's it's small, like, uh, like a lot of the shows I've watched in the past, like, that's a throwaway character. Oh, that's the character that's going to be turned into a human dog hybrid. Nobody cares. Um, but why? Why do you hate? Yeah, <laughs> why, do you, why do you hate us? Why do you say these things? I'm going to bring it up at least like, every three episodes. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I don't like you. Hey, it's it's a terrible day for rain. <laughs> stop! Okay? Stop! Um, <laughs> but in, in reality, like the more you can develop a character and me not realize it and then get hooked into it. It, it like I'll I'll love a show forever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> missed one thing. I just realized this. We missed talking about oh. one specific oh. thing. One of their duties on the winter shift is to make sure that they stay in bed asleep and don't cause a ruckus. So you gotta make yeah, sure that's right. <laughs> you gotta make sure you put a blanket over their face and be very careful of Bort. Very feisty. Yeah, I think it's very, yeah, it's very stabby. Like, yeah. No, it's apparently it's all of them. They all do their own little weird things, especially like Sensei. He's, he's the same way. He just starts banging yeah. Yeah, such... the walls. Like, yeah, we got to make sure we do it on him too. <laughs> no, yeah, it's bring one just in case. <laughs> yeah, like the the way it was like it was delivered. Like the line was delivered so funny. Like you know, throw the sheet over Bort. I don't know why it works. It just does. And then you see Bort go back to sleep. And then Sensei does it, and he throws the sheet over him. Uh, and he's I like, I don't, I don't, I just put the sheet over him just I, in I case. I don't know why it works. It just does. <laughs> really, really funny. Yeah. So I went, um, like I said earlier, I went to a Wikipedia rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and one of the things mm-hmm. I read was like, I don't think we ever find out Sensei's name in the anime, but you do in the oh, in the books. You? And it it relates to a stone, and that stone relates to like one of the gods of of the afterlife, oh. and it's and it's specifically the god of afterlife that takes care of missing children. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing, and and that like it's sensei's it's, watching over these children. I wouldn't say watching the the metal you're talking about. Uh, does it start with A? Uh, let me go back. I, I'm on the wiki right now. Because the metal he's made of is not real. Um, so that might be just like a theory, I guess? He wakes up. His outer shell is composed of hexagonal diamond ion disolite. I'm sorry? Uh, I-O-N-S-D-A-L-E-L-E-I-T-E. Yeah, no, that's just a made-up word. I have a link to it on Wikipedia. <laughs> Imaginary. Well, word. because I asked this because in the in the fan wiki, which is like I assume based on manga, he's made of adamantium, according to them. 
I think hmm, they're that's they're cool. Assuming, <laughs> I think they're assuming he's made out of adamantium because his name means adamant, which is a real word. But adamantium is a fake material. Yeah. From yeah, Wolverine. yeah. Um, I'm just gonna scroll down real quick and see. But I mean, did you pick up like on the way he uh, like the way he attacks? Is he breaks off tiny shards of himself? And, Does he? Like flicks oh. them. Yes, that's how yep. he's doing his attacks. Is he's breaking off tiny shards of himself and then flicking mean... them, uh, or like blowing them. It it looks like magic of sorts, but like if you yeah. pay closer attention, I think he he also like breaks off shards of himself ahead of time and just keeps them in his fucking sleeves like people do in animes and, and all that. I wish yeah. I had giant sleeves. So he just sleeves. pulls it out of whatever sleeve Poggy has and just... I don't remember if they if they say that in the show. I feel like they might have it might have been like they, one line or something. They don't but like yeah. I, I was at first I was like is that magic? And I'm like well he's a rock. He yelled and broke a bunch of girls and mm-hmm. or, or characters and they run away whenever <laughs> they know he's about to yell. So... It's, it's it's simple. It's easy to think that his voice alone could break them. Imagine what, like, flakes of his skin would do. So, um, yeah, the Congo, his name means Viara, or indestructible substance, a.k.a. diamonds, or adamantine. Um, and then some other stuff here. But, um... He appear Congo appears to be based on and shares a number of parallels with Kisubagara. I can't say that word. Uh, Also known as Jizo in Japan, uh, is a Bodhisattva who primarily revered in East Asian Buddhism, who is usually depicted as a Buddhist monk and regarded as both the guardian of children and the patron deity of deceased children in Japan. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this week on Outer <laughs> Limits, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's really cool, like his design and and the the fan wiki goes obviously more into it, but I think the breaking of the himself to like flick as super high powered mm-hmm. weapons was cool, and I remember maybe this is probably why I fell out of it the first time I watched it, but his dreams where the Lunarians are coming mm-hmm. towards him or mm-hmm. they're like. And he wakes up scared, or he like sees them in front of him, and then he disperses them instantly. Like to me, when I first started watching, it, I'm like, "Oh, he's just the bad guy pretending to be a yep. good guy." Yep. And then we find out later that that not entirely. He just knows more than he really lets the the gems know. Yeah, and he knows because anytime they uh, like fast pensions humans and stuff like that, which is a word the gems shouldn't know because mm-hmm. they've been gone well before the gems ever appeared and Congo sensei reacts in a very specific way to that and any sort of like when i think foss starts crying at the gold alley mm-hmm. and yep they don't know what's going on with them sensei's like it's a weakness of the ancient ones so it sort of indicates that he either knows what humans are or he was around mm-hmm. even back then which is interesting to think about um <laughs> and aliens yeah and like the fact that lunarians like in his dreams, like, or all, like, kneeling before him, like, trying to reach out to him, you know, uh, you know, indicate some sort of relationship there, and he mm-hmm. knew who Shiro was, who was apparently a dog. Like, and, yeah. Well, that even happened out of the dream, too. Yeah. They kneeled to him and everything, and then mm-hmm. when Antarctica was being attacked, he tried to save them, and then a bunch of them were just outside uh-huh. the yep. their house or whatever, and just kneeling before mm-hmm. him and grabbing mm-hmm. at him. 
And it was just like, what the hell didn't is they, going on? During that session, didn't they trap him in like some prison bec- so that he couldn't get to whoever they were tracking outside? Yeah, he like he like destroyed the spirits and then yeah. they were like wrapped him wrapped that themselves around him. Winter like, or something yeah. like that? And that's why he didn't get to them that fast? Yeah, that was yeah, he, he was he, trying he to get back them. to Antarctic. Yep, yep, yep. Still weird. So uh, if if um if the show will do some final thoughts and whatnot, uh if the show was to get a second season, would you prefer to see more of Foss's story? Would you prefer to see more of a prequel? Or would you like to see how the other gems handle their situation? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes to all of uh, it? Okay. Just just follow the manga. I mean, clearly this the the author knows mm-hmm. exactly what she's doing. Uh just follow whatever she's done in the manga. Keep adapting. Um... Is that okay, so question about the manga real mm-hmm. quick. Is it like a concise story like this? Is it just keep going on and on following Foss? Or is it like more in-depth, like what happened before the show? So I don't know how much spoilers you want. Um, I don't... I, 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 I just won't... want a, a clear idea of it, basically. Uh, so so this this story with Foss will continue in the, the manga some more and some insane crazy shit happens. Okay. Uh, okay. Things get more and more depressing. Good. And then there's a time skip of like 200-something oh. Oh years. God. Oh my goodness. And... <laughs> Yep, like and then nope. uh, Naruto, calm down. And then Foss's story. <laughs> diamond. Yeah, Foss's story sort of continues, but I think I think Cinnabar sort of um takes over in the second part after the time Aww. skip. Not not so much takes over maybe, but they become a larger That's character because I think I think from the start um I think Foss and Cinnabar are sort of positioned to be like mm-hmm. partners essentially. Yeah. Like through all of the stuff, Foss is going through. They're trying to find something for Cinnabar to do because that's the problems they made. And Foss is going through all these insane changes, where Cinnabar is still like the same mm-hmm. person they've always been. So that sort of continues, I think, in themes in the the second part of the manga, or like, it's still Great. all one continuing series. But yeah, there's really, really gets insane. And I saw like a bunch of the the law stuff about you know the Lunarians and that sort of thing. Crazy, mm. crazy. <laughs> I accidentally clicked some wikis, so you lost me at depressing and time skip. I'm like, no, so I can't. you <laughs> had me. My at heart can't take it. And Just can't. time skip. <laughs> and lost me at time skip. Uh, <laughs> so with that in the bag, shall we say, um, uh, what would everyone be interested in watching next? Like a, a series, or did you want to go back to a movie? Um, where is that that? Spreadsheet. It's it's I pinned. What... If you go it pinned in, I renamed it. Yeah. Okay, so movie go. wise, we got quite a few. Because I'd be down to watch like a a movie. No, we're not watching that. Silver, what color are you? I'm the, I'm not mm-hmm. clicking on anything. Okay, yeah, because I'm blue. Oh, sorry, Whoever, I just clicked who... randomly. I'm on silent okay. voice. I yeah, don't want to yeah, watch you... that. I know yeah, what happens. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> just we're gonna delete. All of wow. Lobo's stuff. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, did you want to wow. join us? I see uh, how it is. I mean, because a... I have... I mean, if you wanted to watch a movie... If she's joining us, it's going to be Made in Abyss. It was either going to be Made in Abyss, but then you guys started saying movies. And I was going to recommend either like Perfect Blue or Paprika or Paranoia Agent. Because like, those are classics and I think we should talk about them. But you know, we can always do Made in Abyss. I'm about that. Well... I 
I don't want to put myself through another show I'll get attached to and then remember oh, how then far you probably into it I was. <laughs> because I think, yeah, because I'm pretty sure I'm but only seven episodes in. No, yeah, no. Main okay. Abyss, come on. So... Uh, come on. <laughs> However, Main Abyss is yeah, getting season is. two eventually. It is. So. Oh. It's, it's, it's so come. close. It's like, I think yeah. next year. Or yeah, yeah the, the, movie, the movie's yeah, already out, I think, right? On... Yep. The movie it's either is out, yes. One like part one is out and they're working on two or both parts are out, but I know that they are getting a second season. So yep. like, you know. Yep. Um, it's very close. I'm I'm down for a movie though. Um but I, I don't know I don't I know those names like Paprika, Perfect Blue, Paranoid Agent. I know all of those. I just don't know what they're about. I just know okay. their ah, names. Cool. Pick one at That's random. okay. Um so no, no, no. It's if you're gonna join us, Callie, you get oh, to pick. That's I get that's, to pick. So out of those three, yeah, out of those three, what okay, do you well, want to watch? Either gonna be Paprika or Perfect Blue. Okay, so okay. we'll do Paprika Heads. Flip a coin. Listen, we'll do Paprika Heads, Perfect Blue Tail. Fair enough. I'll flip a coin. Drum roll. It was tails. So uh, <laughs> picture didn't happen. Was that perfect blue? Perfect. I don't, yes. I don't yeah. It'll be perfect blue. So I mean, next week will be I mean, that perfect blue. Our current or not like, two weeks uh, media climate. So like you know that's fun. <laughs> oh, this is oh. doesn't Khan. fill me with anything. This doesn't <laughs> fill me with any like joy or anything. I'm scared now. Okay. Yeah, it's good. No, this is it's good. good. I haven't watched a Satoshi Khan movie, so I yeah. I'm glad we're watching this. I feel like this is a big blind spot of mine, especially because I love that sort of animation. Oh yeah, the style. animation's gorgeous. And, yeah, cinematography, all that sort of stuff is awesome. So I'm looking forward to this now. All right, great. So uh, like we agreed upon, Perfect Blue will be our episode five. Uh, stay tuned to, to follow up with that in the in the coming weeks. Like I said at the top of the podcast, reach out to us uh, on Twitter at Bakako Podcast or Bakako Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've already gotten some feedback already. It's great to read those emails and uh, let us know what you think. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate everything you, you've given to us. Uh, we are, as I said, the new kids on the block, and we're trying to grow. So give us a like, a follow. Uh, we're now on Spotify, Google, iTunes is pending, which is great, and Stitcher has automatically updated. So uh, we're as far as we can be. We just need uh, a little help getting the word out there. So we look forward to chatting with you next week, and we'll see you all then. Hello, everyone. Frank Furter here with a quick review of uh, Land of the Lustrous. Um... So my counterparts here have kind of gawked over this episode, or not episode, but over this show, and to me, I unfortunately thought it was quite average. Um, as I probably stated on the first or second podcast, I'm not a huge fan of 3D art. This one was a little off-putting at first, but it eventually, you know, I it it got better to me. I was able to watch it and not kind of cringe to myself. But still, just not a huge fan of the art. Um, one thing I would compliment on it uh, a lot was the music. Not necessarily the opening and ending. I wasn't a huge fan. It was just a little too mellow for my liking. But like the during the scenes of like the show, the episodes, everything, the the music was just really well composed, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I listened to the dub version because for some stupid reason, my app for Verve, anytime I try to watch it on the PS4 or chromecast it from my phone subtitles would not pop up so i watched the sub uh the dub version it was all right wasn't great um the voice acting overall was solid but um yeah just 
getting into the whole show as a series, like the the season, it had a lot of potential and just ended up falling flat for me. The um, main protagonist, Foe, uh, or Fo, yeah, Foe, she started out as like a whiny bratty child and progressed into just kind of I understand what they were going for like you you get your limbs chopped off or you know you get you lose part of yourself you lose part of your memories however they I feel like she lost memories but she also lost like the entirety of her being as a character and I understand wanting the need to like at the very end she's like okay like we need to figure out what sensei's hiding from us will you help me and that is just a complete 180 from her character like i understand character development and progress whatever that's fine this doesn't seem like a natural fit for her character as to like okay i'm a highly motivated person i'm a highly like this that to me just wasn't it it just didn't fit um I would like to say, though, my favorite episode was episode four, and it was also the most disappointing episode for the fact that they introduced two characters, um, or, well, they didn't really introduce two, they introduced one, but, like, they had these two really great characters, uh, the, the snail people, and they completely set up the story, like, this really intricate, like, potential great story and then the rest of the show, you almost never hear from it. You never, you don't see those two characters again, which are like, one's a nice person, the other's just a complete asshole. You never hear from them again, which really is disappointing because they, they were my two favorite characters. Like they, they had the two potential most to be antagonists, or they had the most to be friends, and they completely just didn't. They just they offed them. They're like, okay, here's part of the show. Go fix your legs. We'll never. We'll see you in season two, which is not going to happen. I feel like if they had a season two, season two would probably piece that better together, and it might be better than season one. But as a whole, I was not a huge fan of season one for the fact that they introduce so many different elements to you, and then they don't expand upon any of it, and that really is just frustrating to me as the viewer. Um, but again, like episode four, knocked it out of the park. They did so much lore and world building in that episode. And then you just don't fucking see it ever again. Um, so that's that's kind of my huge beef with this show is that they introduce a lot to you and they just don't do anything with it. They they focus a lot on the main character and the main character really isn't just to me. I know this little this to me she just was not likable. Uh, the her beginning character as a bratty child like I understand but like wasn't likable in my sense of the word and then when they you know by the time the season ended she was just like this kind of like hardened badass just like i'm gonna do whatever like neither was likable because she didn't have a personality at that point um so it just kind of like you're gonna focus a show on this one character mainly and then just destroy her character in my sense um, so that's kind of what I had the beef with. I I probably wouldn't recommend it if it had a season two. Maybe I would because of the fact that it probably tie a lot of the story elements together better. Um, but yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan, and unfortunate as that is, it is what it is. Um, so yeah. So my vote for next week would either have been one of my uh, my random show, which was uh. Occultic Nine, which I extensively covered, I think, in episode one, or the movie uh, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Uh, 
if you've not seen The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, I highly suggest we watch that this week. Granted, we would have to rent it off of Amazon. Um, reason being, though, that I would suggest it is because it's one of my favorite anime movies of all time. It's best to go into the movie not knowing much about it, uh, kind of as is with a lot of um, different anime movies. Um, I would say it's best to go in kind of blind. But yeah, this like just like a general premise of the movie is basically this girl figures out that she can leap backwards into time and change things. And it's just, it's a good take on time travel and such. So that would be my vote, either that or Cultic 9, just because it's such a kind of a dark horse, like underdog. N- nobody really paid attention to it when it came out. So yep, that's what I would vote for. Um, I know Callie is going to be on this podcast. I know she has a good couple picks, um, so I wouldn't mind watching either of those either. Hope you guys have a great week and we will see you in two weeks or I'll see you in two weeks. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 